Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more info, you can check us out on Facebook at Life Church of Columbia. What revelation are you chewing on every day right now? Right now, what in your Bible study has stood out to you and you are digesting it every day? Now, for some of you, you might think, I don't have one. Herein lies the problem. And we're going to change that today because God is preparing us. I can tell us, I can tell by um, what God spoke to me when he began to give me this, where we're about to go and where you're about to go as an individual. And he said, what he said to me, I want to teach you how to steward the supernatural. I will not give you what you cannot steward. I will not give you what you will not steward. And so I told Patty, I don't know how the articulation will be today. I don't know how it's going to come across to you. I tried to bounce it off Josh yesterday, but talking to him is like talking to a tree. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. No, sir. <laughs> yeah, of course, he was working. Uh, which also I think is so appropriate. Mick, you're just an awesome guy. And I know you don't want no praise and glory, but I give our testimony all the time about the building next door. I was in the DMV the other day. I was with a guy that runs a funeral home. And every time I give the testimony, they're weeping about, my God, what God can do. But we're getting real close after yesterday's work day to having that students to where we can hang, y'all can, not we, y'all can hang out on Saturday nights or whenever they're thinking. So we're getting close. But anyway, I don't know where I was going with all that. But I have a word. So as I'm preaching or teaching today, I want you to write down every scripture. Some of you ain't never took a dough today in your life, probably. But today, just, just, if you have to cheat off somebody next to you, do it. That's how I got through school. And write down fragments. And then we're going to experiment this week with either what I give you today or I'm going to create some principles for you to go off of. And I promise you next week you'll be able to answer that question with, I can tell you exactly what God is saying. Okay, can we just experiment? This is your own personal experiment. Uh, so, to begin, I want you to know the manna. We're talking about bread. We're talking about fragments. The manna you're about to receive today is going to break the cycles in your life of up and down. In the, I'm not saying I hope it does. I'm telling you, if you gather the fragments and you follow the instruction, uh, uh, does anybody go through cycles of up and down? First thing we're going to deal with was all you liars. <laughs> Emotions, feelings, your faith. Does your faith ever go up and down? Huh? Come on, somebody. You, if you don't get real, I can't help you. Amen. Uh, it's amazing what me and you got in before church. Amen. And, and, and today I'm going to show you what's causing that, and you're going to break that in your life so you'll be steady. What you're going to receive today in the name of Jesus is going to cause you to be consistent in your life, in your actions, in your minds, and in your emotions. Would that be worth giving in the offering today to be emotionally stable? Thank you where that yes came from over here. 
Just that within itself would be phenomenal. So today I'm telling you the Word of God is going to deliver you from your hyperglycemic mountaintop emotional highs and hypoglycemic lows. Huh? Anybody got sugar situations around here? Amen. One minute it goes so high you're about to pass out. And the next minute it's so low. That looks like our spiritual life sometimes. <laughs> that nurse is eyeballing somebody. Amen. And that's what our spiritual life looks like, amen, instead of an even keel of faithfulness. That's what faithful means. Faithful to, there's an anointing in this building today, amen. Faithfulness doesn't mean showing up at every meeting. Being faithful means Jesus preached a doctrine of divine constancy, consistency. This could be our greatest Achilles heel. And I, I'm going to prove to you Signs, wonders, and miracles only follow the consistent. They only flow through the consistent. Amen. That word faithful, God said over and over and over, parable, Jesus preached over and over and over. Amen. If you are faithful over the little, I'll give you the more. He said, I divide my kingdom to those who are faithful, consistent, not staying saved. We're going to the next level today. Not stay and say, Sister Helen, I don't know. I hope you don't mind. I use our conversation some. Or just don't use your name. Okay. <laughs> this had nothing to do with Helen, but y'all. <laughs> um, and I saw in my life where I've been inconsistent, never inconsistent in my duty, my faithfulness, or, 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 or showing up, but inconsistent in my feelings and emotions based on situations, circumstances. All right, this is going to be for the big boys today, but I need you to know before I get into my text that uh, Jesus preached a doctrine of consistency. And write down John chapter number 15 because I want these are things you're going to go and begin to study. He said, Every branch in me who does not bear fruit I take away, but every branch that continues to bear fruit, he will bear more fruit. Somebody say continue. I mean, over and over, John 15, he said, remain, somebody write it down, remain in me and I in you. Because you can't produce fruit unless you remain in me. Somebody shout remain. Remain means to stay, live, dwell in a given state of expectancy. Do you dwell in a given state of expectancy? Now, write these questions down. You have to answer them. I've had to over the last week. It's been unbelievable. I do not dwell there. I visit there. I visit there when circumstances are conducive and I move out of that state of expectancy in many given things based on situations and circumstances. But the good thing is if I show up enough, they'll come back around and I'm okay with it. When God said, I can't bless that, you're, you're, I can't bless that, I can't flow through that on the level that you're asking me for. So this whole teaching lets me know God is preparing you to begin to operate, us to begin to operate in the supernatural. John 15, he said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can pray and I will answer you. Did you hear what I said? If you stay in a state of expectancy, no matter what, you're faithful. You're not way up on the mountain with overexcitement. You're not in the valley totally depressed. You're right there in a state of steady expectancy. He said, that man, I will listen to their prayer. 
That man, isn't that amazing? If you stay in there, hang in there, Canaan. He's looking at me intently, so I just called his name. He said, I've loved you just as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. Remain. Stay there. In other words, don't let your mess up pull you out of what you think the love of God is because it don't matter how bad you messed up, he still loves you. Stay there. Stay there. Uh, John 15, 16. Don't pull it up. It's just stuff you're writing down. I'm just pulling John 15 to show you. He said, you didn't chose me. I chose you and ordained you. That you, you should bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And look. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, I'm going to talk to you. Amen. Your, our prayer, your prayer's not being answered because you're not saved. God is saying your prayer's not being answered because you're not consistent. Today you're talking to me out of one dean, and tomorrow you may be talking to me out of another dean. I want one dean, and that's one who is in Christ continually. He said, that man, I'm going to hear their prayer, and I'm going to move. Okay, are y'all ready? Thank you, Brother Richard. Go to our text, John, gathering up fragments. Gathering up fragments. John, chapter number 6, verse number 5. When Jesus looked up, lifted up his eyes and saw a great company coming unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And he said this to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them would take a little bit. But one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon uh, Peter's brother, said unto him, I'm going to slow down. Okay. There is, she's going to kill me. There is a lad here who has five barley loaves. Thank God somebody come to church with something. <laughs> Thank God somebody didn't just come to get, but they came with something. And even though they thought it was so little, when they brought it to Jesus, he fed the whole church with it. Who, who, who brought your five loaves? Who's got your sack lunch with you this morning? Come on, somebody. I taught you last week. That's what the Bible says. That's what church is supposed to look like. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. Everybody comes with a word, a psalm, a tongue, an interpretation. There was a lad who had five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what in the world are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they wanted. That's all you need today, boys. Buffet. And likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. And likewise, ask your neighbor how much you want. How much you are you just come get a little crumb today? When they were filled, verse number 12, and when they were filled, he said to the disciples, somebody read it with me out loud, gather up the fragments that remain. So in your notes right now, write, take a doggy bag. 
Therefore they gathered them together and, and filled twelve baskets with the and filled what? And filled twelve baskets with the leftovers of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, oh, it's true. This is of a truth that prophets should come into the world. This is him. I can tell by the way he's handling bread. Okay, go with me to Ephesians. Or, or you don't have to go there. I'm sorry, Jason. Exodus chapter number 16, verse number 18. Now remember, we're gathering fragments, and I want to show you an Old Testament principle for what I got to offer you today. The, the, they didn't have anything to eat, so God rained down what from heaven? He rained down manna from heaven. Manna was a, uh, a sweet bread uh, 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 of some sort. Actually, manna means what is it? We may go deeper into that because they had no idea what it was. But I'm jumping in the middle of the text in verse number 18. And when they had meet it with an armor, in other words, when they had measured out what they gathered, he that gathered much had nothing left over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. They gathered every man according to what he could eat. Your mom and daddy ever teach you? If you get it, you're going to eat it. That's what Moses said. If you put it on your plate, you're going to eat it. <laughs> That's the way Patty's daddy was. That guy. And Moses said, verse number 19, And Moses said, Let no man leave it till the morning. Are y'all catching this? It's going to be important. You got the scriptures written down? Let no man leave it till in the morning. Notwithstanding, they did not obey the pastor. But some of them left of it. They didn't eat it all. And they left it until the morning. And it did what? It did what? Yeah. It bred worms and stank. How could something so holy breed something so offensive? And Moses was ticked. King James Version? Raw. Notwithstanding, did I read all that? 19, and Moses said, let, every, let no man leave it till the morning. 20, notwithstanding, they hearkened not in Moses, but some of it left into the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was angry with them. 21, and they gathered it how often? Come on, somebody, they gathered it. Jesus said, pray, give us this. Give us this. Our Oh, my God, are y'all going with me today? I got to unload this today. Give us this day our daily bread. Stuff kept too long begins to stink and becomes offensive. Stuff you don't utilize and walk in obedience to. And they gave it every morning, every man according to his eating. And when the sun waxed hot, it melted. One more place in my text. Write it in your notes. 1 Timothy chapter number 4. You ain't got to turn there. The man in the booth's going to. 1 Timothy 4.13. Uh, instruction of a spiritual father to a spiritual son. Till I come, Timothy, give attendance to. Somebody, I need some participation. Give attendance to. And to. 
and to doctrine. Give attendance to reading, to preaching, to doctrine. Give attendance means to hold your mind toward. Pay attention. Pay attention. Nudge your neighbor and tell them right now. Pay attention. Some of them you think they are, they ain't. They fishing, they hunting, them boys playing football. Nudge them. Paul said, give attention to, pay attention to, be cautious, apply yourself to. That's all in that word. Apply yourself. Are you right? Boy, I'm giving you note-taking stuff. Give attention means to hold yourself to it. Amen. Hold yourself to it. You ever notice why how you, you can start off good, but you start drifting off course? He said, Paul, I know, I mean, Timothy, I know human nature. Hold yourself to your reading. Hold yourself to the preaching of the gospel. Hold yourself to doctrine. It means to be a, a cost. Apply yourself to it. Are you students listening to me? You won't never be good at anything you don't apply yourself to. Amen. I got to watch you boys play ball. Don't get out there and milly mouth around. I'll come out on the field and quote some scripture to you. Son, give yourself to it or get on the sideline. Huh? Hear me live, church. Give yourself to it or, or, or. <laughs> okay, let's teach. Give attention to reading, exhortation to doctrine. Verse number 14. God, listen to these words. Neglect not. Neglect means to be careless or to make light of it. If you want to become consistent, you got to quit making light of every word that was preached. You got to quit making light of every Bible study you do. You got to quit making light of every prayer you pray. Amen. Amen. Neglect not the gift that is in you, which is given by prophecy and laying on of hands. But, oh, look at 15. Meditate on what? These things. What? Reading, preaching, doctrine. Meditate. Somebody shoot out an evidence for meditate. Meditate actually means to revolve in the mind. It actually comes from a Latin word we don't use anymore, which is where our language comes from. It actually means to measure or to meet, M-E-T-E. To measure. It actually means to calculate or compute. He said, I want you to take that scripture, calculate that thing, measure that thing. Give yourself wholly to it. Don't just read it. I'm going to tear down a Bible reading plan today, amen, that does not produce in your life. Yep, yep, yep. We're going to work on it today, amen. Am I against Bible reading? No. But it's not doing you any good to read a scripture that you're not revolving and meditating and giving yourself to it. Matter of fact, it will breed worms and stink. We'll make that clear in a minute. Are you all ready for this class today? Meditate on these things. Somebody read this with me. Give yourself wholly to them. And if you do, everybody's going to see you profited. Huh? Yeah, I can watch you on that football field and tell who's got their heart in it and who ain't. I can tell if you're progressing or you're not. You ought to be so devoted to that people can look at your life and see the profit of what you're eating. Amen. The, the people that I'm closest to, a lot of people can't get away with this, but those people are telling me, son, I ain't seen you in a while. You're getting fat. My profiting appeared to them as soon as they saw me. He said, that, he, he said that's the way it's supposed to be in the spirit. 
They ought to see you, the Bible says, being fat in the Lord. Are y'all okay out there today? I can look at you and see you're profiting in the Spirit. I can see you growing in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And you're consistent. I can see it in you every time I see you, no matter what you're going through. That's where God's bringing you to a level to where, amen. If somebody don't walk off and say, well, they must be going through something today. You're about to become Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who can come through the fires of hell and nobody smell the smoke. You would not know by my demeanor that I'm in hell right now, but I am so consistent, and when I pray, heaven pays attention. Meditate, give yourself holy to them that you're provident. Oh, here's another word. I mean, he's hammering on his spiritual thought. Look at 16. Take heed. Is 16 on the screen yet? Ah, oh, yes, all by itself. Take heed. Take heed means to hold on, retain, detain, and pay attention. Hold on to yourself. Tell your neighbor, get a hold of yourself. My God, what a spiritual father. Get a hold of yourself. Take heed, hold on to, retain, contain, detain <laughs> yourself and the doctrine and do what? Oh, there's that word again. And continue in what you're holding on to. For in, do, in doing this, you're going to do what? My God, I'm not, I'm not producing joy and peace in men of my hell to save you right now. I'm doing it to save me. I'm not worshiping so you can see me worship. I'm not putting on a show for you. He said, when you stay steady, you'll save your own self. Isn't that good? And those that are around you. So, I want to start off with a statement. Are y'all ready? My wife says I'm talking fast today, but I got a long way to go, and I got to unpack this thing for you. So take notes. Gather fragments. It's, think about it. It's really... Not where you go or what you experience that changes or affects your life. It's what you remember about where you went and what you've done that changes your life. That's why you take pictures. That's why you gather fragments. Your every picture is a fragment. Of what you've experienced. And it was a moment when everything was right. And everything was perfect. Amen. And if you'll gather that fragment. There's going to come a day when everything ain't right. And it ain't perfect. But you can pull out that picture. You can pull out that fragment. And it will reproduce the same feelings. And the same emotions of that experience. I need you to get this for where I'm going. So... <clears throat> So it's not where you go or what you experience that changes your life because if you forget where you went and you forget what you experienced, it has no altering effect on your psyche. But it's when you remember it. Is anybody listening to me? They remind us. No wonder Jesus said, take the communion table, put it in front of your church, and as often as you eat this and drink this, you're reminded. He said, when you need it the most, you need to pull out the fragments to remind yourself of what I've done for you to get you through what you're going through. That's what the communion table is all about, right? 
So here in my text, Jesus was teaching his disciples on how to steward the supernatural. Maybe a better word, uh, Branson, would be, write, write it in your notes, learning how to steward the spiritual. Learning how to steward the spiritual. Remember, I feel a special closeness today for this, I hope. You're paying attention. Every now and then, slap your neighbor and tell them, pay attention. Just whenever you feel like they're dozing. Jesus fed 7,000 in Matthew. And he fed 5,000 in my text. And both times he commanded them, gather the fragments. Lest what I have done be lost. Oh, I, this is amazing seeing all you. I told Patty they would be a miracle today. Everybody in the building would be taking notes. So if you're not taking notes, every now and right, look down and move your arm. I can't see your hand. Just fake it. <laughs> and I always was enamored with the miracle. Wow. He got it. He, he just fed the 5,000. And I'm always enamored with the supernatural miracle of him doing so. And, he and it never stuck that after the miracle, after the fact, after the word was gone, after the feeling was gone, after the environment changed, they are now laboriously gathering fragments. And Jesus was teaching them I'm teaching you how to steward what I just done. I want to teach you how important it is because no matter how dynamic it was or supernatural it was, it can be stolen immediately. Oh, I'm, I'm finna help you. Are you ready? He, he was teaching his disciples. He said, if you don't gather it, it's going to be lost. How many have felt like God spoke to you something and you say, wow, that was good, but you didn't write it down, you didn't do anything with it, and you forgot it? And you are saying, dear it!" Oh, you may not cuss like that. <laughs> You're saying, what was that? What, what, what was that? Well, you just proved to God you're not a good steward of his spoken word. I'm just going to be real. You want to know why you're inconsistent and that God's helping me with this. Amen. It was just a religious thought that was thrown out to you and it was good for a minute. And you ate that bread and left the fragments, got up and went about your business. Well, true disciples have a basket. And they're walking around gathering up what was said and they gathered up 12 baskets, which means all 12 had a basket of fragments that when the crowd dispersed, they're still picking nuggets. And what's amazing is when you have the fragments of the notes you're taking right now, when you have documented diligently, you don't need the whole bread. You can eat one nugget and remember the whole trip. You, know, you can look at one picture and pull up the whole trip. Amen. I've come to teach you today, it is a lie of the devil when, when someone asks you, what, what, what did the preacher preach Sunday? And you say, I don't know, but it was good. Somebody wave at me. Huh? And, and, and we're okay with that. I'm, I don't know, but it was good. 
Can I tell you, that's not, that's not good. Because you didn't digest what was preached. And you're suffering from spiritual bulimia. And you received a meal. Is that a word? Ain't that the word? You received a meal but had self-inducted vomiting by not walking in obedience to or allowing it to penetrate your spirit. And that's why we live a lives of, 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 of spiritual highs on Sunday morning where we come and get a word and we get a fix. Somebody help me. And it helps me then, but it does nothing for me for the rest of the week. Spiritual bulimia. Can I go deeper in this? He, he was teaching his disciples, you can't just live on experiences. You can't go from one word to another without properly stewarding that experience or that word. He said, because if you don't, you lose it. Some of us have heard thousands of sermons that mean nothing. But you were there and you were present. Amen. But we're still wishy-washy and we're still... Uh, inconsistent, saved, on our way to heaven, speaking in tongues, amen, but not consistent because I did not steward that world, word well enough to become one with that word through digestion. Oh, man, I'm glad it's still early. We're going to work this. Can I tell you, stewarding will take more, stewarding the spiritual will take more thought, more intentionality, and more time. Why? Because anything that is spiritual stands in direct conflict with your enemy. He's looking, he's right here, right now. Amen. And he's listening to me teach. And he's waiting on you to leave this building. And then he's gonna steal what I taught. He's gonna steal what I taught. Unless you get your basket out and start gathering fragments. He's going to steal it. Are you listening to me? So stewarding uh, every scripture you read. I, I want to help you. I mean, I'm not against Bible reading plans. But if you read this many scriptures out of the New Testament, this many out of the Old Testament, and, and 30 minutes later you don't know what you read, or you don't understand what you read, I'm telling you, you've just scratched a religious itch, but you've done nothing to become consistent. You've come. Nothing that will produce stability in your life. Matter of fact, Jesus said that a seed, a, a, a revelation that is not understood is a revelation that will be st stolen immediately. I'd rather you understand one scripture than to know 50 scriptures. That one scripture whooped the devil. I said that, that one scripture will get you through because you know it. You shall, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. God, let's, can I go deeper? So it's going to take more time when you're stewarding the spiritual, more thought, more intention because there's an enemy to steal it. God created the perfect environment, no uh, when he created the Garden of Eden, Garden of Eden put Adam and Eve and said, "Guard it and keep it." Uh, I, I'm going to do a teaching that may do it on Facebook. I don't know. 
In other words, it's perfect, it's divine, and it's from God. But if you don't guard it, the enemy's going to mess it up. The enemy's going to come in and mess it up. So, contrary to the natural, are y'all with me? Can I take, it's hot. I'm going to take this coat off. Contrary, I'm going to take my old man's coat off, Anita. She's awesome. Contrary to the natural, it does not matter that you don't remember what you ate yesterday. Does anybody remember? Most of you only remember if it was wow. The Mexican food in Allah is wow. I remember that one. But in the natural, it does not matter that you remember what you ate. But in the spiritual, it's imperative that you remember what you ate. Because why? In the natural, your body automatically digests what you ate. You don't have to tell your small intestine to do what it's supposed to do and your colon to do what it's supposed to do and the liver to do what it's supposed to do. Amen. It's a gift from God that your body will automatically digest it. Amen. But in the spirit, it don't happen automatically. That's why we have the scriptures. That's why Paul told Timothy, meditate. Revolve it around in your mind. Hold on. It's like your stomach holding on to it. And it's starting to break it down. Are you listening to me? He said revolve it around in your mind. Chew on it. It's the term you may be used to. Chew on it. Calculate. Compute. Study it over and over and over. Give yourself wholly to it. I I, I told Josh... When I go out and eat, if I don't eat it all, I either give honor to the cook or dishonor by choosing a doggy bag or not. Right? If this is stuff that is really good, I'm going to take this with me and I'm going to eat the fragments later. Amen? When we come to the Word of God, when we hear the Word of God taught, When we hear it and we just drop our pens, pick up our Bibles and walk out the building without saying, I got to take some of this with me, we're dishonoring the cook. Not me. We're dishonoring. When I come to my Bible with never gathering the fragments of what I have studied that day and take no doggy bag with me, it's a witness to God of what I thought about my meal. Boy, is this, is this getting to you yet? In, in the natural, you partner with a digestion process. How do I partner with it? <laughs> Y'all said, well, huh? <laughs> well, don't you chew your food? How do I partner with the first stage of the digestion process? That's why I got teeth. Teeth's a sign of maturity. That means I've grown enough to begin to partner with. I no longer need to be fed with a bottle. I no longer, are you listening to me? Amen, because I have moved to a state of maturity and now I partner with digestion by chewing, dissecting, dividing, preparing it for the next process. He said, that's what you're doing when you're meditating. You're partnering with the digestion process. 
you're not just eating to be eating because you like the taste only to suffer from bulimia to self-induced regurgitation later. No, you're, pro you're partnering with the process. You ought to be chewing right now. Huh? Wake up. Pay attention. You're chewing right now. You're now digesting what you ate. Digestion is the breaking down. Are y'all taking notes? It's the breaking down of food into smaller components so it can be absorbed into the, by the bloodstream. Digestion is the process of breaking down food into a smaller components so it can be absorbed in the bloodstream. This is important for where I'm going. It can be absorbed into the bloodstream. So the old saying, you are what you eat, is not true. Let's take it a little deeper. You are what you digest. I can eat it and not become one with it. I'm just a carrier of it. And it can come up at any given minute. Are you following me? But once I digest it, it's flowing through my blood. So it's not what you eat that you become. If that's the case, we would all be walking on water and do signs, wonders, and miracles because you got a faithful Bible reading plan. But still inconsistent, up and down, hypoglemic, hyperglemic. Hmm. So you're not what you eat, you're what you're digest. So Paul was telling Timothy, chew on it, meditate on it, make it yours. Digest it until you've eaten it, until it's released into your spiritual bloodstream. And the life is in the blood. You're, you're getting it into the life you live until you become one with what you're eating. Chew on that scripture. Hear me. Bible students, chew on that scripture. If it's a passage, if it's one, revolve it, calculate it, compute it, measure it until it's in your bloodstream and now you're not carrying a word. You are the word. You are that word. You're not quoting something. You are something. Oh my God. Timothy, you become what you give yourself wholly to. That's what he's telling me. You are what you meditate on. You are what you remember. You are what you, what you calculate. You are what you compute. You are what you measure. You exchange glory with what you focus on. When I take that scripture and I... Digest it until it becomes in my bloodstream. I'm exchanging my glory for its glory. I'm exchanging my doubt for its faith. I'm exchanging my weakness for its strength. Amen. The reason the scripture ain't working is because you didn't exchange glory with it. We just read it and got through a religious and I'm still saved but not consistent. I've had so many people come to me. Oh, I got something to say to the church. I, I got a word for this. Or, or, or only come talk to me when they're all excited. But I've been around these same people enough to know, just wait a minute. And I just smile and 
Just wait a minute because they'll, they'll disappear emotionally. Inconsistent. Sugar highs. I can, I've learned the sugar highs. Amen. And God said, I can't talk to people like that. I can't answer their prayers. He said, but that one who is faithful, and all, when they speak, they're speaking from who they are, not what they feel. Am I helping anybody yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just give it a minute. Just, just give it a minute. Every word needs to be tried in the fiery furnace of delay. Amen. Oh, God, can I go deep today? I have been in the presence of God all week. Timothy, you only become what you give yourself wholly to. Not that you got ate a piece of my candy and your sugar shot up and, boy, you're just all over. You're, you're like Eli. You're just all right, all right. I mean, not inconsistent, but my Lord, even on football field, he's in people's ear talking. I said, Eli, what are you doing, son? You got a football helmet on. Hey, listen, hey, hey, is anybody relating to what I'm saying? Oh, no, I just got a sugar high. Amen. They want to call me and give me revelation out of the scripture. But in my mind, it don't carry near as much weight because I've seen sugar loads. And God is saying in Luke, John chapter number 15, he said it's that consistent man whose fruit remain. He said those are the prayers I'm going to answer. Come on, today's either going to convict you and encourage you or, or you're going to take it and you're going to let it beat yourself up. But that ain't what God's trying to do. I've been dealing with this for a week and a half. Amen. You become what you give yourself holy to. You are what you meditate on. Matter of fact, we quoted the scripture in John chapter number 8. Jesus said these words. It's John 8, 31, 32. If you want to put it on screen, it don't matter. But listen, listen to this scripture. Yeah, write it in your notes. John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said to those Jews who believed. Okay, we're talking about Christians, right? Comma. That's established. You're a Christian. But if you what? Oh, there's that word. Be faithful in, hold steady to. If you continue in my word, now you're my disciple. Oh, you're on a whole new plane. Disciples gather fragments. Christians come hear the word and never remember what you said. Oh, my God, help me. They're sitting there eating the bread. Jesus gets through. They jump up and go right on about their business. Huh? And you know what? That same bunch, when Jesus began to preach, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part, is the same bunch said, well, we're out of here. But it was those 12 who gathered the fragments that said, Lord, where else is there to go? You can tell when it starts getting tough who are those who just come today to scratch a religious itch and the disciples who are gathering fragments to, to, to digest into your system. If you continue in my word, you're, you're my disciples. Somebody shout, and, and, and because you continued in what you heard, you come to know that truth and that truth did what? Free from what? I don't know what's your problem. Doubt, anxiety, fear, sin. If, if I'm not being set free by the word I'm carrying, it's because I'm not digesting that word and it's not getting into my bloodstream. 
I told my wife I've helped my soul. And so it doesn't double. And so in other words, it's not the truth you hear, but the truth you know. Let's put it this way now in this context. It's not the truth you hear, it's the truth you digest that makes you free. Oh, this is making sense why I'm not consistent. This is making sense because I'm not holding that word close to me. I'm not chewing it. I'm not meditating. I'm not revolving. I'm not rolling it around in my spirit. I'm not continuing in it. <laughs> Are you listening to me? I said, it's not the truth you hear, but the truth you consistently digest. No, no, become one with. It's the truth you exchange glory with. The only truth that will set you free is the one you exchange glory with. Remember the Old Testament? You with me, Mary Ann? God said, y'all have exchanged your glory for that which don't profit. In other words, you're trading your glory with that that has no glory in it. You're addicted to pornography. You exchanged your freedom for the bondage of that. Oh my goodness. Because that's what you focused on. That's what you rolled around in your mind. Oh, somebody listening to me. Amen. Knowing the truth is exchanging glory with it that I so become one with it, Brother Jermaine. It's now running through my, uh, uh, I got to go get a blood test done. Amen. And my blood test is going to tell everything. Well, what if my blood is running with the truth of God's word that no matter where you cut me, I bleed Jesus. God is, it's not the truth you hear, it's the truth you exchange glory with by continual focus and rolling around in your mind. Am I changing anybody's perspective yet? Oh God, I hope so. Food you eat is not a part of you until you digest it, and it can be regurgitated at any minute. I just wonder if that's what happens in the spirit, Fluky. If I come in and got a big old meal and went outside, and God made—I mean, the devil made me sick with doubt, and I threw it all up. He just made me sick with doubt. I just threw it up. Well, you need to take a spiritual fenugreek. Is that the right one, Patty? A spiritual fenugreek and say, no, I'm going to hold on. I hate to puke. Oh, my God. You can hear me puke in three parishes. Ooh! <laughs> I'm sorry. Move on. Oh, it kills me. It kills. Hey, listen to me. That's what happens to it. You, you heard the word all right. Some of you read your Bible, get full of the word, only to go out there and let some joker make you mad and you puke what you got instead of saying, I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to revolve it in my mind. You can be an idiot if you want to. I will not regurgitate. Thank you. Thank you. I will not regurgitate the truth. I'm going to chew on it until it becomes who I am. And right now, I'm having to restrain myself. But when it becomes who I am, you won't even bother me no more. I just said a mouthful, right? You'll know when it becomes who you are because you're no longer practicing holiness. It's just who you are. Why? You meditated. You revolved it. People saying the word don't work for me. Prayer don't work for me. It's because it's, it's never been digested. You know it. You even carry it in your belly. In your mind. But it hadn't been digested. F food is not a part of you until it's been digested. It has to be digested by chewing, meditating, revolving it around, calculating, computing, study, 
uh, Josh, uh, what's that scripture? 2 Timothy 2.15. I didn't give you that, but it's a good one if you want to throw it up on the scripture. He's back there taking notes. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, I think chapter 2, verse number 15 says, Study! Timothy. 2 Timothy 2.15. Not Chronicles. That's all right. He's trying to type. Did you take typing in school? That's all right. We wait on you, son. No big deal. You can probably quote it. Study, study to show yourself approved. The whole computer went off. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Second Timothy two fifteen. I think. I hope that's it. When he goes through so much trouble, study to show yourself approved. A workman who does not need to be ashamed because he is what? Oh, want to talk about timing? Because he is what? What's he doing to the truth? Rightly dividing. He is chewing on that food. And the small intestine is putting it here. And the liver's putting that there. And the gallbladder, whatever that thing does. I don't even think you need that thing. It's doing what it does. Everything is putting the word in its perspective place. Study to show yourself a, a workman. Can I tell you, the eating is the pleasure of it all. The work really starts after the eating is done. That's why they tell you don't eat a big meal before you go to bed. Because you're asleep, but your system's working. Oh, somebody jot down a note on that right there. You're, you, that's why, does anybody get sleepy after you eat? That's really, they say if you do that, you're not real healthy. But boy, I do. You're stuffed, and it's because your body went to work on what you just ate. That's the way it is with this word. You come here and sit here and you're getting a word presented unto you. That's the good part. But you have to go now and begin to digest or you're going to lose it. Golly, and everybody's taking notes today. Matter of fact, Jason, give me Mark 4, 23. I think I sent that to you. Ooh. Amplify. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear and heed my words. Then he said, pay attention to what you hear by your own standard of, of what? There's that word. And we're talking about hearing the word. By your own standard of measurement. That is to the extent you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom. Somebody read it out loud. It will be measured to you, and you will be even given a greater ability to respond, and more will be given to you besides. For whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given, and whatever does not have a yearning for truth. Oh, whoever does not want to digest even what he has. So, you're going to take what I preached, and because you received it, God's going to give you even more than what I presented. Wow. It's like a seed. I plant one seed of corn, and I get corn, but I get in an abundance. God, that's good stuff right there. If you, which is steward, today is not the end of a thing. It's the beginning of a thing as it relates to, I'm just giving you seed to go and cook a wonderful meal. 
by meditating. And he said, this Bible, as powerful as it is, can only give to you as much as you have given to it. Wow. That's a natural principle on your job, in your life, in your marriage, in relationships. You can't just have a nonchalant Bible study of some sort and expect that Bible to produce the power it possesses until it gets in your bloodstream and you become one with it. So truth might be digested. i got to move on to drop this last nugget. That truth you hear, whether you're reading your Bible, listening to a sermon, coming to church, listen, write this down. Truth must be digested to produce character. Truth heard and not digested does not automatically produce character the only way that word will produce the power it possesses is by digestion not casual reading and the danger of that is because you read it you think you know it but you really don't you it went in the stomach, if you will. But it didn't get in your bloodstream. So instead of breeding hope, it's breeding offense. Mm. It's breeding discouragement. Because I read it, and I know what it says, but I didn't continue in it. I didn't revolve. I didn't, I didn't embrace and give my soul wholly to it until it become who I am. I'm teaching you now what the prayer of faith really looks like. The prayer of faith is not quoting a scripture. The devil can quote a scripture. The prayer of faith is when I am spilling out of me who I really am. He said, that's the prayer that's going to be answered. Oh my God, are y'all catching this? So, knowledge can only get to your spirit by proper digesting and then it becomes your character. Then it becomes who you are. Then you're not trying to muster up faith in a prayer. You're just declaring who you are. You're just declaring what I know God says about this situation. This is the fine line, and this is where God gets blamed. This is where we go into condemnation. It's because, well, I prayed the scripture, and I prayed. Hey, man, are you listening to me? That's equivalent to the seven sons of Sceva who saw Paul casting out devils in Jesus' name. So they come and said, in the name of that Jesus Paul was talking about, we cast y'all out, and the devil jumped on them and beat them up. Huh? They didn't walk off saying, where was God? He didn't come through with me. They walked off knowing, I can't quote something that is not me and get the results of it. Do you under, my God, are, are you with me? This is what your Bible says when it says, when you pray in the name of Jesus. That's not terminology. That's, ooh, I wish I had a real fancy word. That's biology. Yeah, that worked. I'll explain that for y'all that's... In Jesus' name is not terminology, it's biology. When I pray in the character of Christ, in the nature of Christ, with his blood running through my veins, God said that prayer is going to be answered. 
Oh, let me help somebody right now. I'm just, I'm just teaching you what God's teaching me through hours of prayer and study. The only reason your prayer is not being answered is not because you're saved, not saved. It's because you're not really one with what you're reading. And you're just doing what those seven sons of Sceva did. I saw Paul do it. I heard the preacher do it. Somebody, I'm helping you right now. I know the Bible says it, but it hadn't got into you. How? By continuing in it, remaining in it, becoming one with it. I just want to borrow your stuff to beat my devil up. I, 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 oh, let's see, how do I say this? Patty used to chew our baby's food. Is that gross? Did you mamas ever do that? She would chew it for them, but there's one thing she had to do is take it out of her mouth and put it in their mouth because she couldn't digest it for them. I'm making chew it for you this morning, and I'm chewing. Are y'all getting it? I'm chewing, but I cannot digest it for you. All I can do is take it out of my mouth and put it in your mouth, and then you got to become one with what's been broken down. This is what the disciples was doing when they were breaking fragments, breaking the bread. Are y'all still with me? Got to stay with me. I got I got one nugget to drop. I'm trying to show you. God's trying to show me. I'm teaching you how to begin to steward the supernatural, Anita, because the supernatural's coming. But it begins right now with me learning how to digest my food. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you need to get some teeth. Huh? You're spoon-fed all the time. You suck in a bottle all the time. Amen. And it's just enough to keep you safe. But that baby's just as temperamental, and he's out to throw a fit at any given minute and coo you the next minute. I am teaching now better than you shouting. Amen. So when we grow, we become stable. Okay, Moses told them, Branson, you still with me back there? You, you work a lot. You don't get to come, so I'm loading you up, okay? Moses told them, make sure you eat all you gather because if you don't eat it, it's going to breed worms and stink. The word breed here, as crazy as it may sound, means to be exalted. It means to exalt yourself. It means to be haughty. Oh, catch this mystery. Today I've been anointed to reveal some mysteries out of your word. And you can go and study to back up everything I've told you. To breed means to exalt yourself. That thing that was so holy... Because it was not stewarded, started causing pride. And it bred maggots. The word worms there is maggots. I know that's a, I try to find a better term, but a maggot's a maggot. <laughs> I didn't know how to make him look any better than he is. <laughs> right? A maggot. Maggot means something with a voracious appetite. Anybody got a picture? I need y'all to just bear with me. Of a maggot? They're never still, right? They're eating what was good. They're just yah, 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 yah. It means it's referring to an extremely aggressive nature. And I kept digging. It means to blurt out 
inconsiderately. My God, my God. It actually, I know this Sunday morning, but you're taking notes. Write down crimson grub. <laughs> a maggot. Brother DeBay is a crimson grub. And the word crimson refers to color. Now, you've never heard this statement, but there's a statement that says, my crimson, my crimson face changed colors. What it's trying to tell us, it means to blush or be embarrassed. Now, this is a lot. Am I, Patty, you help me there if I'm not tying it together. In other words, word that you don't digest. Words that you, of God that you don't get from your mind to your spirit breeds a self-righteous, I know the truth, you don't, ferocious appetite to be so inconsiderate you embarrass people. It, am, somebody, am I making sense? Religion can be the meanest and the cruelest. Oh my God, are y'all catching it now? It's not that you don't have the word. It's that you didn't spend enough time in the word to get it in your bloodstream. It's only in your mind. And so it breeds something that stinks. And the other word means offensive. What should have produced holiness and righteousness and love and mercy. But because you just chewed it and got it in your mind and didn't get it in your spirit, you are inconsiderate. Somebody help me preach. And rude and nasty and ugly. And it is offensive. Somebody, somebody, somebody shout religiosity. This is what religion does. And it creates a haughty spirit that the reason I'm offensive to you is because I'm so right and you're so wrong. The reason I'm so offensive and I'm haughty is because, and we miss the whole spirit of the word, and we're standing there like the Pharisees with stones in our hands. Stones in our hands, and we're ready to stone everybody with the word of God because we didn't get the spirit of it, we got the word of it. It bred worms. He said, do not... Do not buy me a new mic, please. Order me one. I don't think I don't care if that thing costs twenty dollars. Get it. That's your limit. Huh? My God, are y'all getting this this morning? Are y'all getting this down in your notes? I had to dive deep to get. It. So he said, when you go together, bread, do not gather no more than you can digest. Bible reading plans become elements of pride. I said they become elements of pride because you got so much word in you. Amen. Hey, listen to me. But it never got down to your spirit, so we're mean and ugly, nasty, inconsiderate, and we just cause people to blush and don't even care. Oh, my God. Somebody pray for your pastor right now. And we're just offensive as it relates to the word of God. Ain't it a mystery how something from heaven that is so holy can become so offensive because I have the truth of it, but I don't have the spirit of it. 
And I don't have the spirit of it because I'm connected to some body that just body, B-O-D-Y. I'm, I'm connected to some body that just teaches me. Read your scripture. It don't matter if you don't understand it. That's a lie from the devil. That's a lie from the F. De, uh, Paul went and preached to the Bereans and the Bible says they listened intently and searched the scriptures when he left. And as a result, they become believers. They digested and what they digested made them into believers. Just, just let me work to So now you know why Jesus said, give us this day our. Am I helping anybody? I don't care how much you're reading today. What I want to know is how much are you digesting today? How much are you, di how much are you becoming one with? How much of it is this affecting your character? Huh? Maggots will corrupt what's in your mind, but they cannot corrupt what's in your spirit. That's why people are so twisted in doctrine. It only goes to their mind and not their spirit. And maggots get in there and start ferociously, aggressively gnawing <laughs> on doctrine. But when you get it in your spirit, he can't do nothing about it. He might make me sick at my stomach when my, my food's in my belly and I lose it, but once it's been digested, it ain't coming up. God. I want to give you one more thought on the maggots. Maggots also represent conscience. Remember? Jesus was preaching on hell, and he said hell is a place where the fire never goes out and the the worm never dies. What's he talking about? The maggot never dies, meaning the conscience is a ferocious word that you eat and do not digest will create a conscience that nags at you. Let me say it another word. Words that you eat and do not live out by obedience will become a stinking offense in your own conscience. Did that work there? Oh my God, I didn't do, I didn't do, maggots. Why? Because you didn't digest by obedience. I didn't respond to the word. My God, are y'all getting this teaching today? I should have put this one online. It creates a conscience that you're always beating yourself up. Why? Because you didn't digest properly. You didn't digest properly. So after the manifestation of the supernatural, Jesus said, gather up the fragments. And they gathered up how many baskets? Twelve. Your last note taken right here. Twelve means governmental order. It means power. And it means authority. This is your last note. They gathered up twelve baskets. It means, 12 means governmental authority. Actually means governmental foundation. Order and power and authority. The word you hear taught, hear this statement. The word you hear taught or the word you read, if you don't gather up the fragments by digestion, it will not produce order or power or dominion in your life. Which is why I can be so spirit-filled and not get my prayers answered properly 
It's why I can be so spirit-filled and be so inconsistent. It's because I'm not digesting properly. And the word that should have encouraged me is now stinking. It's offending me. And I'm blaming God. You see it. Oh, my God. Dim them lights. Stand with me all over this place. I feel like I have hit the mark today. And I'm not going to tell you the trouble I went through or the hours it took to break this fish and bread to you today. But I have learned, Mama Beth, Mother Beth, mother of this church, I have chewed all I can chew. And I've placed it in your mouth. Now it's up to you to digest. Today, you have gathered fragments because you took notes. And when you practice what I taught today and you pull your notes out, I even seen Cody taking notes. If he can take notes, anybody can. He's a logger. Not lawyer, logger. And when you pull that note out and you read the one, you read the crumb that you gathered, you're going to remember the whole bread. And then you're going to begin to revolve it and rotate it. And let me tell you how powerful the fragment is that you gathered today. There was a woman that came to Jesus needing her daughter healed. And he said, I can't give the bread to dogs. And she said, yeah, but dogs eat crumbs from the master's table. If you got a note today, you got one crumb that has the power to answer prayers. You have one crumb that has the power. If that crumb becomes who you are, it has the power to change your situation. She left there with her baby back home healed because she understood the power of the bread. The power of the bread. I need you to pray just a few minutes. The altars is always open if you want them, but there is no way. I, I learned by study, Gracie, when you chew, that's the first stage of uh, digestion. You, re you release saliva that begins to break down and start the process. Right now, chew. Right now, chew. Just in prayer of everything, all the food that I just laid out. Chew, 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 chew. Don't you dare walk out just to spit this out. Chew, come on, this is your prayer. Chew, chew, let, let it be running through your mind while the taste is still on your palate. Before anything else messes up your palate, before anything else messes up your palate, right now, right now, I fed you manna from heaven. Chew on it because God is preparing you. Ricky, you hear me? You hear me, some of y'all? You hear me, Branson? You hear me, Sister Mary? You, you hear me, Helen? 
fluky. I could go through every one of y'all, Canaan, all you students. God is now preparing you to steward the supernatural. But Paul said, I, I wanted to take you there, but you were babies and you didn't have no teeth. I, I couldn't. My God, don't let Don't let that be you right now. Don't let that be you right now. But chew, chew, chew. Revive it. Come on, start practicing. Revive it. Come on. Now it's up to you to digest. It was the disciples' job to break it and give it. But now it's your job. If you're a true disciple, you're leaving here with a basket full. And when you start getting hungry again, you're going to start taking nuggets from your basket. I've never been this bold, but this is so real to me today. Unless you have a photogenic, powerful memory. I just poured out so much food to you that if you didn't get parcels of it, you wasted your time coming to church. Except for just a hyperglycemic high that only allows you to come crashing back down. Get a hold of it. Get a hold of it. I don't know about y'all, but I just, Josh, I just feel the Spirit of God. Come on, let him, let it digest, let it digest. Come on, we, we're gonna let you go, but my God, let it digest. Josh, when they ate in the old, in the New Testament, they would lounge around the table and just let it digest. And just, they took time. They wasn't no drive-through. They were taking time to take everything, letting the bread go deep. I'm not foolish enough to think I preached it, taught everybody today, but I taught some people who's being prepared to steward the supernatural. Thank you for listening to this Life Church podcast. 